because with all that's happening, think about everything that's happening in our world today and people are desperate. Uh, they're struggling financially. I mean, there's so many different components uh, that the enemy is just bringing uh, into the world, into society and, and causing to happen that are affecting people's mental health and and really trying to force people to make decisions uh, that would otherwise harm themselves. And so for that reason alone, we have to talk about it. Do you believe that God wants you healthy? Then join me, Cersei Blue and Gigi Carter on the Healthy For My Purpose podcast where we help you realize the relationship between your health and your purpose. We share how eating like Daniel can revolutionize your life. Through discussions and interviews, we challenge you to discover the powerful connection between plant-based nutrition, your body, and your faith. It's time. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Healthy For My Purpose. It's so great to be back with you guys. So many exciting things have been happening. Um, for those of you who know that we released our book, Daniel Fast, Why You Should Only Do It Once. Um, do go check that out. It's on Amazon and everywhere that books are sold. Um, so go and get your copy. Um, it will definitely be a blessing to your life. We're also excited because the Healthy Christian Woman Bootcamp is back. It's going to actually be starting in January 8th to the 12th. Um, but the doors are open, so you can definitely get your tickets. If you go to healthyformypurpose.com, you can grab your bootcamp tickets and you could also find the link for the book. So we're just excited for the last few months of the year because God is doing so much and we are so excited to um, allow God to work through us in this ministry. Um, but let's jump to today's episode. Um, we have a very awesome interview, I have to say. Um, we actually could do a part two and three to this one. We are speaking with Adriana Anderson, and we are talking about the importance of mental health and how it even applies in the church. A very needed topic um, for those of us who are on our health journey. We know that everything is intertwined in our mental health is so, so important. And so we really dive deep into some um, questions around mental health. You know, what are the causes? How can we um, be preventative to ensure that we have a healthy mind? Um, what are the things that the church can do to support people who are in crisis? And so you're going to love this episode. So with further, without further ado, let's jump in. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Healthy For My Purpose. We have an awesome treat for you today. Um, we are going to kind of pivot in terms of talking about health and talk about um, a very important topic that I think many of us have been involved with, whether it's personally or with a family member. We're going to be talking about the topic of mental health. And we have the wonderful Adriana Anderson here, and she's going to be... Um, talking about health, faith, um, and just how we can um, manage all of that in, 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 in the world today. So thank you so much, Adriana, for coming on. It's such a pleasure to have you here. 
Yeah, it's really good to be here. Hello, ladies. Hello. Happy hello. Wednesday. I know, eh? <laughs> so we're going to jump right in because there's a lot to cover and it's a very important topic. So we're just going to start off with, can you tell us a little bit about your story and why speaking about mental health from a biblical perspective is so important to you? Yeah, this is uh, definitely, uh, I'm passionate about many topics, uh, but mental health is definitely an area that I'm, I'm extremely passionate about. So um, growing up uh, in our home, so I was raised in New York and um, my father and mother were married for after many, many years, 16 to be exact. Um, my parents divorced, my mother left our home and um, abandoned our family. And uh, so my, my older sister, her name uh, was Danielle. She started having some serious mental health challenges. And um, I remember my dad, you know, now he's single dad raising two girls by himself, uh, which is a feat in itself. Um, so now she's starting to manifest some mental health um, and mental illness challenges. And he unfortunately had to make a very difficult decision to have her uh, institutionalized um, because she had uh, attempted to take her life several times and um, just some really sad, sad things that she had walked through. And um, I'll never forget that time that, you know, we had to have her committed. We, um, having her brought to the institution and I remember seeing um when they actually closed her in. And so like, you know, the, the doors being locked and not being able to get to her. Um, I was 14 at the time and it really just burned this image in my mind that I, I will never ever forget in my life. And uh, at that time I was not yet a Christian. Um, I eventually gave my life to Christ when I was 18 but that stayed seared in my memory. And the Lord has reminded me over and over again, don't forget, there are so many people that are struggling with this issue. And obviously I was very well connected to myself because that was my sister. And so, uh, you know, I really believe the Lord is calling me in this season to be an advocate uh, for those that can't talk for themselves and for those that are struggling with mental health issues. And so, um, you know, it's, uh, definitely something I'm passionate, passionate about. I'm working towards several mental health certifications. I'll be complete with one at the end of October. And so just looking forward to seeing, uh, how we can all continue to, to come alongside each other and, and help really address this most important topic. Well, thank you for sharing that, Adriana. I, I have to say that, you know, Cersei kind of mentioned this at the beginning. Our podcast has been primarily primarily focused on kind of physical health. Um, and so we're we're just so grateful that you're here to talk about mental health. But for our listeners, how, you know, just for their benefit and for ours as well, how would you define the term mental health? So mental health really is, um, you know, obviously you look at how it's defined in terms of definition, and it really is a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being. Um, so that also includes your social well-being, you know, how you function in society. Um, it does affect how we think, how we feel, how we handle stress. Uh, how we relate to others and make decisions. And um, as you all know, mental health is important at every stage of your life from childhood to adulthood. So 
Yeah, thank you for that um, definition. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, there's so many variations of mental health. What are some of the, um, the causes? Like I know you mentioned with your sister, there was that trigger of that big life episode of having your mom leave. What, what are some of the root causes for mental health in general? Oh, goodness. So, you know, mental health, I think, first of all, it's, you know, when you say that topic, people cringe and, you, you know, it kind of garners different responses and reactions. And so, um, you know, mental health takes on different forms and it can be triggered by almost anything. It can be triggered by, you know, long-term illnesses. It can be triggered by periods and stints of depression, um, anxiety. Uh, you think about COVID, you know, when COVID hit, uh, you literally saw mental health cases spike. And so, um, you know, uh, sometimes, and, and oftentimes it is hereditary, so it can be passed genetically where, you know, people maybe have a propensity to kind of fall into some of those harder issues and uh, uh, some other circumstances, like even with my sister uh, that happened to her early on, you know, just kind of triggered some of those things. And so uh, those are some of the things that can really affect, you know, periods of loneliness. Um, and those are things that I think we people don't often think about when they think of mental illness or mental health issues. They oftentimes think of the severe cases and the negativity that's kind of associated with it. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up loneliness. I recently heard a statistic that I think it's 80% of elderly um, people experience loneliness on a regular basis. And um, yeah. I saw that because I, um, I don't know if I saw it on social media, if I read it in a report or something, but um there are, you know, there was a, a grocery store, um, I think it was in Denmark that has like a, a separate checkout line for, for elderly people, because what they do is they go there and they chit chat with the person, you know, so like, if you're like on your lunch break, and you're in a hurry, you don't get in that line. But if you just want, you know, to socialize and to have some interaction with people, you get in that line, and it becomes more mm -hmm. of a social outlet for elderly people, which I thought was brilliant, but, um, it just find yeah. that 80%, like that, that high of a number. I mean, that's like almost every elderly person, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's staggering. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I would say it doesn't just impact elderly. Certainly we're seeing it because, you know, or spike in that generational mm -hmm. generation, because, you know, as you get older spouses, you know, unfortunately, Unfortunately, pass away and things like that. But you're also seeing that in younger people too. And I would say uh, that, you know, that's rooted in, in, in God, how God designed us. He designed us to be in relationship with one another. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he himself said, you know, it's better for two to be together. You know, that that's his order. That's his design. And so, yeah, we are supposed to be in relationship with, with one another. And so, yeah, yeah. sad that and we're I seeing that spike. And I would imagine it has, as far as the young people go, just this whole smartphone, social media business. I mean, that's that's a lonely space to be in um, if that's where, you know, you're getting your quote unquote interaction. But um, so, you know, a lot of times when we think about mental health from a spiritual perspective, 
Um, there's, there's kind of this confusion or maybe disagreement or around, you know, the perfect balance for how we approach mental health from both a spiritual pr perspective, but also like a psychological or medical perspective, right? Um, talk through like what that balance looks like for, for someone, you know, who might be struggling with um, a mental health issue. Yeah. So, you know, I'm always going to answer this, these types of questions from a perspective as a Christian, because that's who I am. That's my core, my DNA, my being, um, and how I live my life. And, uh, you know, the first thing I would say is that God wants us whole body, mind, and soul. Uh, and so that is the most important. He designed us to thrive, um, and, and thrive as he, as he created us in his image. But, you know, prayer is really always my first approach when addressing this area. Um, there are certainly other tools and resources that are available to help navigate through these waters. Um, but mental health counselors that specialize in biblical counseling are a great resource to help come alongside, address the spiritual issues, um, that can certainly be contributing to mental health challenges. Um, and, you know, I, I almost like, you know, when I think about the word perfect balance, I'm like, oh gosh, that's hard because, you know, it's, it's all of those things combined with really involving God in the process, um, because he is the one that cares more about our whole being, uh, being whole. And so, uh, that would be what I would say about that. Yeah. And, and just to be, just to kind of ask very specifically, what's your take on um, being a Christian? And that's our podcast is, is a Christian based podcast, being a Christian, seeking psychological support and taking medication to manage the mental illness. Um, there have, I know I've heard people, I've not personally heard it directly, but just stories of people who have said, if you're taking medication and going to a psychologist or a psychiatrist, you're not trusting God. And yeah. I know I have a, a kind of a, you know, opinion about that. And I just want to hear kind of what yours is. Yeah. So, and, and I can speak to this firsthand. So I, I was going through a uh, season and both of you already know this about me, but um, I, I am, I'm currently married and will be married uh, 17 years this month to my husband, Gregory. And uh, Gregory's my second husband. So my first husband passed away when I was 24. And so that was a really uh, hard season for me because I was young. And so my first husband passes away. Now the Lord calls me to serve him as a missionary in a foreign country, leave everything that I know and am familiar with. And I'm still dealing with, you know, the loss of grieving my first husband. And so I remember walking through some hard seasons of depression and um, I had someone lovingly, they meant no harm at all. And I, I, I don't fault them. I'm thankful that they even made the suggestion, but they lovingly suggested, you know, perhaps you should take some medication to help you. And, you know, after spending some time praying about it, thinking about it, I just didn't feel that that was the particular path for me. Uh, I really wanted to focus on just immersing myself in God's word. And um, I remember times where I literally would take God's word and just like put the Bible on top of my head because 
it was just a difficult season. And so my path was, um, I'm trusting God to, to do whatever he's going to do and however he's going to work to bring healing in my heart and mind. Um, I just chose not to, to take medication out on the flip side. I will say there's nothing wrong with taking medication, um, as a Christian, you know, I think there's this stigma again around mental health that if you, you know, take medication, then you're not using faith or walking in faith. And so I would say that that is a decision that one would need to determine with their primary care physician. And certainly if they are married, certainly, you know, obviously talk with their spouse about it um, or somebody that they're close in friendship with. But I don't think there's any condemnation in, in making a decision to take medication. And here's the other thing that I would say is uh, we live in a fallen world and because of the effects of sin and, and the fact that we are broken and damaged people, um, there, those effects and consequences of sin um, in the world, I'm not talking specifically about a person, but we are all impacted by those things. And as a result, we have things like cancer and disease and sickness. And we don't hesitate to take, you know, cough syrup if we have a cough or, you know, an antibiotic if we have an infection in our body. And so for some reason, though, society and culture sends us this message, well, if you take medicine as a Christian, you know, shame on you. And I say shame off you uh, because God gives us wisdom. He works through the hands of physicians. Um, and obviously there's Christian physicians out there as well. And so I would say you as an individual have to do what's best for you. Obviously seek the Lord first, get wise counsel. And, and in the end, you know, the, the Lord will help guide and lead you. And I truly believe that. Yeah, that is so, so true. I think, you know, it's true. Like what you said, we are okay with taking a cough syrup, but when it comes to mental health, there's so much stigma around it. Even though most of us at some point in our life is going to suffer with some type of mental health, whether it's grief, whether it's a small portion or it's chronic and long-term, it's something that we all experience yet. There's this hush about it. So based on the fact that it's so prevalent, um, and we live in a fallen world and we're all affected by it at some point, why should the church care about mental health? Why is this something that the church should be a forerunner in, uh, uh, you know, and, and things like that? So, you know, the first thing I would say is the church cannot afford to not care about this issue. Uh, you know, as I, as I alluded to earlier, when COVID hit, cases of mental health issues spiked. And all of those people came running to the church. Now, sadly, the church was not prepared, <laughs> um, but the church should care primarily because if they, their members are facing it directly, they may not be facing it directly, but may, they may have a family member who's facing it and they don't know how to address it. Um, and then I would say, you know, most people, when they don't know where to turn, will turn to the church. And so the church's role is to be prepared and to be equipped and to not be afraid to address the issue. Uh, the primary reason, though, churches should not only care about mental health uh, and address the issue is because every person in their congregation is an image bearer. <laughs> 
they are made in the image of God Almighty himself. And if there's no other reason, that is the reason to care about this topic. Yeah. So why do you think mental health is ignored or over-spiritualized or over-stigmatized um, today? Uh, I would say the primary primary reason, and there are many reasons, but fear uh, is definitely <laughs> on the top of the list. Uh, lack of education, just really not understanding what mental health is and then the different kind of branches that it takes. Uh, you know, it's not just people that are, were like my sister that dealt with paranoia schizophrenia. So it's not just those severe cases. Mental health issues take on different forms as we kind of talked about earlier, depression, anxiety, long terms of fear, even financial stresses over long periods of time can cause people to have mental health challenges. Um, but I would say it's, you know, we ignore it or over-spiritualize it because we lack resources, uh, we lack training, um, you know, again, I think one of you alluded to the fact that, you know, as a Christian, you know, if, if you're having mental health challenges, it's because you sinned or you lack faith. And so, you know, those are kind of the things that we just pull together and, and, and come up with this. Uh, these reasons why we just don't address this most important issue. Yeah. And I think too, if, if we, you know, look at the Bible, you know, the Bible is a reflection of reality. And so could you talk about, you know, people in the Bible that struggled with mental health? So I think, you know, we can learn and say, Hey, you know, a lot of times we look at society today and we think, okay, it's just happening now. But if we look into the word and we see, other people struggling with mental health. Can you talk about some of those people and the story behind it? Maybe just name a few. Yeah, sure. I, and I think of so many different people um, in scripture and I'm so thankful for scripture because to me, it's God's loving way of reminding us, hey, you're not alone. There are people that have gone before you that have faced these hard issues uh, as well. And so, you know, for me, I think about people like David, you know, in his life, he he ran from Saul. He was running from his enemies. Certainly there was sin in his life and disobedience. But if you read through the Psalms, you see literally the emotional roller coaster that he was on and the ups and the downs and the highs and the lows and the ins and the outs and uh, just how he talked to God about uh, the torment and different things that he was facing and walking through. So I think he's a really good example. Uh, Elijah, uh, another example of, you know, he he's basically said he wanted to die. You know, he was running in fear of Jezebel, you know, so you have him, you have, then I think about Hannah, uh, you know, her repeated battles of infertility, being taunted by Eli's second wife, Penina, you know, she battled depression. And so uh, you also have people like Job, you know, think about all that he walked through, the loss of his family, all of his possessions. Um, we can only imagine, you know, what he suffered. Uh, there was people like Jonah, you know, he's angry at God for being merciful to the Ninevites, but he was so angry, he despaired of life, <laughs> you know? So you think about him, um, and then, you know, I also think about like Naomi, you know, losing and, and I connect with her in, in, in a lot of ways because she was a widow, but she lost her 
both her husband and her sons, both of her sons, Malon and Killian simultaneously. And so the feelings of hopelessness and brokenheartedness, you know, all of those things over long periods of time will affect your mind. Uh, and so, you know, I think we have the Lord has in his kindness given us their stories, uh, not only to show their humanity, but to also show his sovereignty and his grace and mercy in their lives and how he carried them through those dark seasons. And I think it's important to remember the Lord didn't always remove those dark seasons and the hard seasons, but he faithfully walked with them through each of those seasons. And so, um, you know, if, if, if we could take a pill or have something just, if we could just say, Hey, I wish it would go away. I mean, we all would have certainly done that, but, um, that's not oftentimes the case, uh, especially in the lives of Christians. Wow, so many examples in the Bible. And, um, you know, when I think about, um, you know, going through pain or even grief or trauma, you know, the question I have is how how have you seen people self-medicate to mask that pain that they might be going through? Oh, wow. Uh, first of all, I would just say, you know, if we're all completely honest, we've all done that at some point in our lives. Um, but, you know, immediately for me, I think about people that um, are addicted to substances. So they turn to, unfortunately, drugs or alcohol um, as a coping mechanism or to, you know, medicate and mask the pain. Some people turn to eating, you know, they run to the refrigerator and they're getting gallons of ice cream and somehow they feel that that's going to help. Uh, people shop, you know, that's not something you would normally think of, but, you know, they just go on spending splurges and um, then the flip side is, you know, isolation. That's really scary when people just isolate themselves and, you know, kind of like I'm pushing out the world. I'm just going to be here by myself. That's very scary. And I think any coping mechanism that they think that they're, that's going to relieve the pain that they're walking through. Yeah, that's so true. You know, I'm, I'm glad that you kind of showed the diversity of ways that we try to cover up these these emotions that for some reason it's like you mentioned it's part of being human it's part of being human but for some reason we're trained that we have to stuff down these emotions but when you look at you know even Jesus when Lazarus died he wept he embraced his emotions and his pain and his trauma but I think for us, we have this idea that we can't feel this thing or we can't hold on to it, but it's actually what makes us human. And it's also what makes us open to receive God's love. So I think that's so powerful. I'm going to pivot a little bit um, because I think this one is probably the most, um, I guess, sensitive topic when we're talking about mental health and it's the issue of suicide you know um can you talk about how does the church address this in a meaningful way because I know that when we hear about suicide you have some people in the church that go off on one extreme and says well if you commit suicide then that's it you're you've cut off your your connection to God and you're going to an eternal hell you know and then you have another extreme where there there's just crickets and no one is talking about it 
No one's addressing it. You have members in the church that might've had a child that committed suicide or, and there's just, there's just nothing to fill that void in that conversation. So how do we approach this delicate topic? Because it is so heart-wrenching. It is so devastating, but it is such a reality to a lot of mental health issues that people face suicide. Even some of the medications, the side effects is suicidal ideations. And so can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, again, this, you know, this is a very sensitive issue for me as well, too, because I walked through seeing my sister attempt to take her, her own life many times. And so, uh, I guess to really answer your question, I would say the most important thing, is the, the most important way we can address this is very wisely <laughs> and prayerfully, you know, like those are the, the two most important things. We have to be wise about how we address it, um, but it has to be addressed. Like we can't walk in fear or walk on eggshells around the topic because listen, <laughs> statistics will show you and even in the christian community you're seeing major christian artists lose their their children are taking their own lives i mean we we've seen cases too many cases of this happening and so uh my concern again you know earlier we talked about the importance of the church and the role that they play in this in this issue pastors have got to be addressing this topic from the pulpit. Like it has to be talked about um, because unfortunately, if the church is not being an advocate and a proponent in this discussion, then people are going to go where they can get some kind of answer. And it, it most likely is going to be the wrong answer. And so, uh, you know, I personally, you know, have counseled women for years and uh, I have, you know, I have two rules. Uh, confidentiality is is primary, um, but then I break the rule if you tell me that you're going to harm yourself or or you're planning on taking your life. That that's when the rules are broken. So those are the two. I'm going to keep everything we talk about confidential unless you tell me that you have a plan or you're thinking about harming yourself. And then all the rules are off, you know. And so um, people are hurting. They don't know what to do. Uh, but we've got to make ourselves available, uh, especially as the body of Christ, to to be his hands, to be his feet, uh, to be able to point people to resources that they need. But we've got to talk about this topic because I will tell you, people are literally planning and thinking about ways to end their life, unfortunately, because with all that's happening, think about everything that's happening in our world today. And People are desperate. Uh, they're struggling financially. I mean, there's so many different components uh, that the enemy is just bringing uh, into the world, into society and, and causing to happen that are affecting people's mental health and, and really trying to force people to make decisions uh, that would otherwise harm themselves. And so for that reason alone, we have to talk about it. Yeah, so true. So what role um, do medications, your faith, community support all play in uh, coping with a mental health issue? Um, so they all really should work hand in hand. And so, you know, kind of like I was saying earlier, we take medication for colds, sicknesses, cancer and other ailments and mental health issues are just ailments of the mind. 
um, and they operate at varying degrees in people. And so, you know, again, just making sure that we do partner with our primary care physicians if medication is best for you. Uh, remembering that God cares, God cares about the state of our minds. So he cares about what's happening up here. He cares about what we're thinking about. He cares about um, the things that we're meditating on. And, and so those are all very important. And he wants us to be whole mentally. And so um, community support, having you know people that you can go to and talk to is so important. And all of those things play collectively together um, to help us be able to live a, a life that has a sound mind and, um, and walking in, in true mental health. Awesome. So a lot of times, you know, when we talk about mental health, we usually talk about it from the perspective of picking up the pieces, you know, mm -hmm. once we're like in the middle of the crisis, can you talk a little bit about what are the some things that we can do to support a, men, a, a, a positive mental health state so that we are better equipped to deal with life challenges, you know, in terms of like our thoughts, exercise, food, prayer, community support, deep relationships. What can we do to facilitate a healthy mental health so that we're able to cope with life at a better level? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, healthy behaviors absolutely support our mental health and should be used in conjunction with things like exercise, nutrition, church community, prayer. They, again, all work together. Um, and I think another thing is having someone in your life that you can really be transparent with is really important. Um, and so all of those things work together. And, and I have I have something that I have always said for several years, and it is um, you know, God is not going to come down and, you know, just snap and, <laughs> you know, make everything better. You know, I play a role in my own mental health and we all do, you know, so there's things that we can do on our own. And, you know, I'll tell people all the time, obviously women, because that's primarily who I'm talking to, but, you know, don't forget the basics, like getting outside with, for, to get some sun, vitamin D for your skin and is, is so important drinking water, you know, those are all the things that we forget when we are in mental health crisis is the basics. Um, and if, and if we are in a slump and in, in a season where we are struggling with doing that, that's why it's important to have that community support. So your best friend, your spouse, somebody that can help remind you, you need to drink some water today. You know, you need to drink, you know, some, Gatorade or, you know, something to get some electrolytes, all of those basic things that we forget. Let's go outside for a walk. You know, um, having an advocate kind of is what I, I call it uh, to come alongside and help when you are in those difficult seasons is so important. Yeah. And I can remember in grad school reading some studies about um, the role exercise plays in overcoming mild cases of depression um, and, and anxiety. Um, and I also remember uh, learning that things like avoidance of alcohol and excessive caffeine can reduce anxiety. Like you'll physically yeah. notice it if you, if you struggle with anxiety. So um, mm -hmm. that's great. So 
back to the church, you know, if there's a, you know, a church leader, pastor listening to this podcast, how can they be more proactive in supporting their members around mental health? Oh, goodness. Yes. If I'm, if I was speaking to pastors or even um, women's ministry directors, because uh, one of the things that I have learned from being in ministry for so many years is that uh, the people that are primarily going to raise their hand and ask for help are women. Um, sadly, you don't see as many men being as open uh, with saying, hey, I'm struggling with some mental health challenges. So I think for pastors, uh, what I would say to a pastor, if he was happened to be listening to this, is uh, making sure that you have women on your staff. Um, or even lay, lay volunteers that you can help get training and education in mental health uh, that can provide counseling resources or have resources available uh, for any member, not just women, but any member that would come and say, hey, I'm, I'm really struggling or hey, my child is re really struggling. Uh, I think it's important that we all know where to go for help. Um, and, you know, we all need to do mental health wellness checks uh, because I've seen even some statistics about pastors, especially, you know, kind of going back to COVID when COVID hit, a lot of pastors were battling with their own mental health issues. And so, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, we can't suffer in silence. Uh, we have to help one another, uh, you know, and there's a saying that I, I think is so true um, and it's certainly found in scripture, but we are our brother's keeper. <laughs> You know, if I see my sister struggling with a mental health issue or something that I perceive uh, to be a mental health issue or a challenge, then we need to reach out and say something. And I would say, especially as pastors or ministers on staff, you know, you are the first site of contact, if you will, for your members. You see them every Sunday, every Wednesday, most likely. And so, you know, when there's a change in, in people that you are, um, you know, are around for a good amount of time and things like that. And so I would say, don't be afraid to ask those probing questions because oftentimes, you know, we are conditioned again in society, you know, when someone says, oh, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm doing good. How are you? But, you know, you know, that's just kind of a catch all phrase. And you really sense that there's something else going on. I would say have the courage and boldness to dig a little deeper um, because most people are not just going to raise their hand and say, you know, I'm thinking about taking my life. They're just not going to do that. Yeah. yeah I'm go, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, I, I would also think that, you know, if, if, you know, churches were listening to this, um, that if they really want to level up in this area, if they know that this has been ignored and it's an issue, you know, you could, I mean, technically either create a ministry around it or fold it within, like you said, the women's ministry and, you know, encourage further education and, and conversation with, you know, experts to come in to, to talk about it. Because I think, you know, just kind of formalizing it in some way, I think is a, a big step in acknowledging it and formalizing it within, you know, within the current construct or fabric of how the church operates. Yeah. And because this is such a global issue, uh, it, it, again, like I, like I said earlier, it has to be addressed. It has to be addressed. And, and when a pastor or a church comes alongside and says, you know, here, we are going to provide resources. We are going to provide services. 
that speaks volumes about the pastor um, and really sends a message to the congregation that we care about this part of your life. Yeah, that's so true. And I, I know you mentioned that um, we're the first contact of, you know, just interacting with your, your friend or your sister or your mother. You know, a lot of times though, sometimes when we're interacting about mental health and someone does open up and say, you know what, I am struggling, sometimes the answers can be a little discouraging. Like it might be just pray about it, don't worry about it. And, and sometimes those could be a little um, counterproductive. So what would you suggest to someone who maybe someone did you know, disclose, hey, I'm struggling, but they don't have the right words to say. What, what are some key things that they probably should say? And maybe a few things that please do not say this, you know? So what would you say? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, you know, I have been in many situations where I've heard people just say some things that just make you cringe. Uh, you know, when, when people do find their voice to be able to say, hey, I need help, uh, you know, I, I've heard people say, oh, well, she must be bipolar, or I've heard people say, oh, she must be demon possessed. Um, you know, she's crazy off her rocker. Like those are the things that we do not want to say. Uh, when people are in a state of mind where they are, like I said, have the, finally have the courage to say, hey, I need help. I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z. Uh, you know, we want to lovingly uh, you know, encourage them. I'm so glad that you that you shared this with me. I, I want to do whatever I can in my 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 capability to be able to help come alongside you uh, and to support you. And you know, we certainly want to be praying for her. Um, and then, you know, again, pointing them to the resources that are going to provide them the support that they need. But uh, you know, our words really do carry weight and they are powerful. And, you know, that is the worst thing we could do is, you know, to come along somebody and, and really condemn them uh, for being vulnerable and honest and transparent about a struggle that they're facing. Because listen, we're all human beings and we are all going to walk through something at some point in our life. And how would we feel if we finally got the courage and the gumption to say, hey, I'm struggling with this. And someone said, you know, oh, you're crazy or, oh, it'll just pass. You'll be OK. You know, those are the things those are not affirming. And those are not things that we want to do again to one another as image bearers. Yeah. Yeah. But let's let's backtrack just a little bit. So like, let's say you're you're in church and, you know, you you it's after church or whatever in the middle of church, you're saying, Hey, how you doing? And you notice the person, yes, they say, yeah, they're fine, but you know that there's something there. How would you like, what would you say to that person who, you know, is struggling inside, but too afraid or ashamed to ask for help? You know, uh, that's a great question. And that is something that does happen frequently when you know, yeah, something's just not right. I'm very sensitive to, like, I never want to embarrass somebody. 
So I'm going to immediately assess, okay, are they with somebody and I'm asking them this? Is there a way that I can pull them off to the side? Because I don't want to start asking questions in front of other people because I never would want to embarrass or make someone feel uncomfortable. So I'd probably try to get her off by herself um, and just say, hey, you know, the Lord's really just putting putting you on my heart today. And I just want to make sure that you're okay. And again, that's all going to be contingent upon the type of relationship I have with her. Hopefully it's it's a good one where I can just really go in and, and directly say, listen, I know you're telling me you're okay, but I'm just really sensing um, that you're not. And, and just really, you know, while I'm even talking to her, I'm praying silently. Okay, God, you know, just have your way, help her to, to be honest if, if she is really struggling with something. And so um, I, I think that is where we can kind of get out of those ruts that we get in of, you know, this is the way we go to church. This is the way we go to church. You know, I say, oh, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. How are you? know, and it's kind of like the routine that we go through instead of really taking the time to listen to people. Um, because I think if people know that we're sincere uh, in, in, and we do care about them, they will share. And then we certainly can pray again, because we're not, you know, we're not the experts. Um, but we are called to be his hands and his feet and, and to listen. Yeah, that is so true. And I think from one perspective, you know, we want people to be open. We want them to be vulnerable, but I think on the flip side, what can we do to be proactive and create an environment that is intrinsically safe? so that people feel okay naturally to be vulnerable about their struggles in this area? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, and again, as uh, someone who has counseled men, uh, when, women for many, many years, you know, I talk about the importance of confidentiality uh, is critical uh, to anyone opening up and being transparent. Um, but it really boils down to, um, creating an atmosphere where people can trust you. You know, if, if someone comes to me and then they share their heart and bear their soul in mind with me, and then the next thing I know, or they know is it's on social media or the six o'clock news, like, no, that's not okay. <laughs> that is not okay. So I think we need to be people who we say we are. If we say we're keeping something confidential, we need to keep it confidential unless it breaks the other rule that I had. And so, uh, you know, providing safe places is, is important. And I think sometimes when we go, when we go into those situations uh, where we're meeting with women or talking with women, we think we have to have all the answers and we don't. Uh, we're called to point people to scripture and to remind them of God's love and care for them. And the fact that he does want them to be whole um, completely. And so I think those are the things we need to remember. That's great. So our podcast and our mission is to help people get healthy for their divine purpose. There's a popular quote that says the opposite of depression isn't happiness, it's purpose. What, what's your thoughts on this concept? So, you know, for me, I, I think that when we understand that God designed and made us in his image, it helps us to understand 
that he made us to live in communion with him. And, uh, you know, when I think about the opposite of depression um, is really experiencing true joy and, and a sound mind. And that can only be found in a relationship with Christ. And so um, I, I do think it's important that all people understand their divine purpose and their divine purpose is truly to be in relationship with the Lord uh, and that he is the lover of their soul uh, and that he has a good plan and purpose for their lives. So that's that's what I would say. Awesome. That is such an awesome way to close this out. Thank you, Adriana, for your wisdom, your insights on this very important topic. And it was a blessing to have you. It was my honor to be here with both of you today. May the Lord bless you both. Thank you for joining us on the Healthy for My Purpose podcast. We hope you enjoyed the community and are walking away empowered and encouraged to live your healthiest life for your God-ordained purpose. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram to enjoy fellowship with like-minded women. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this on iTunes. Until we meet again, keep honoring your body for your purpose.